There you go. Yeah. There we hey, go. man. I'm new to the Zoom. <laughs> Is this your first time? Yeah, I don't Zoom, you know. Or, Fortunately, uh, we haven't really needed to, you know. Or first podcast? Yes, first podcast. Well, uh, welcome to the world of podcasting. This, <laughs> this is firstfallracing.com uh, podcast with Scott Diamond of Moto D Racing, and uh, it's number 39, uh, I think, so far. Um, so I'm just trying to talk to all kinds of people in the industry, um, vendors, track day riders, racers, you know, people in interested in sport bikes and motorsports and all, all things. I have my friend coming on um, in a couple of weeks talking about medicine. He's a doctor, you know, just, just talk about stuff, have conversation. Wonderful. Nice to learn what other people do and how we could all work together and share things. For sure. And uh, you've been an inspiration to me. You know, I'm kind of, I think going along your footsteps a little bit with starting a business and selling sport bike parts and that kind of thing. So uh, I just want to hear your background and, uh, and how you got into this and your, and your track day riding and all that stuff. Cause I don't know a ton about it. I know you do it, but I don't know all the details. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, we started Moto D because, you know, uh, as a fellow rider, you know, we wanted to give other fellow riders an amazing experience and we wanted to continue to have fun with them. My background is in banking. You know, I spent okay. many, many years on Wall Street uh, wearing a suit and tie. Now I enjoy wearing a different kind of suit. Yeah, uh, a race suit, leather suit. Tie anymore, which is great. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so, um, I mean, for us, it's uh, it's a labor of love. It's uh, it's a true enjoyment. You know, as our business continues to grow, for which we are very thankful. You know, my personal riding, you know, is uh, declining. Um, but, uh, being a part of the customer's fun or success, uh, their progress means even more than, you know, when I reach some, uh, milestone in my own personal writing today, you know? Yeah, it's, it's really important. And when you can finally help other people, it feels really good. You know, a lot of people, um, you know, if you can give back to people or provide them something of real value, um, it's a real help to them. Yeah, I think that's definitely also the other thing that separates us from others is that, uh, you know, we're personable, we're friendly, we'll share with you our real experiences. We are not just selling things in a box. We are, you know, we're providing, you know, a product, something that we trust, something that we know, something that we like, that you are going to enjoy using. And um, it's not just a part in a box. Uh, it's just more of, hey, Scott, Julian, Adam, our, our team here, you know, they're setting me up with something. I'm going to see them at the racetrack. There's, riding your bike is one of the most fun things that I do in my life. But riding, you know, my, my sport bike, my motorcycle with my friends, that is the end all be all. That's what it's all about. That's what's a lot of fun. Then I'll see that, that, that customer. They become the friend. We're at the track. And now we're riding together. You know, we're, we're on the straightaway having fun with each other. I mean, we got that complete circle. I mean, that's to me what I love. That's why I get up every morning um, to do what I do. And um, I think that just gives us personality. You can't get that from some of the big box, you know, stores and, and online retailers. You know, we're constantly, you know, calling, you know, others and, you know, we just called uh, about another part from somebody and, you know, uh, the person picks up the phone and, and you can tell, I don't even think they were in this country. And uh, we know that they don't, even ride and we were like oh we're not gonna get good help here this stinks you know but uh we just continue to do what we do and uh we're just so fortunate you know that uh, customers appreciate that level of service and uh again you know just thank you to the community out there there's not many companies that are going to get on the track and actually ride with you right no no it's one of our taglines you know we say you know well, a lot of people sell tire warmers but this one actually rides with you you know yeah yeah, and so uh, you sell an array of products, and uh, I do as well now, and thanks to you and some of those things. A lot of them uh, from Italy, right? Is that um, Bonamici and DNA from Greece? And so how did you get in contact with all these different manufacturers? You know, I've got an eye for quality. And uh, so, you know, I go around the world and I curate, you know, parts from, you know, various uh, manufacturers. Um, we build relationships uh, with them. We visit their factories. We see their process. And uh, then we ultimately import those things as the North American distributor. 
and then we'll sell them to customers and to our commercial dealers, which, uh, which then ultimately gets to the consumer. So yeah, I mean, we're really proud of our relationship with Bonamici out of Italy. Um, they're a wonderful company. Uh, they make race grade parts that are really well known throughout you know, the tracks in Europe. And you know, our business with them is growing and people really like their stuff. Spark Exhausts, also from Italy. Um, they've been making exhausts for over 40 years. Um, we are proud to work with DNA, uh, their race filters uh, from, they're out of Greece. Uh, we're working with Mupo Suspension from Italy. We're working with Starlane, their GPS lap timers and data acquisition from Italy. Um, of course, Easy Grip out of the UK, they make incredible uh, tank grip pads uh, that allow the riders to connect with the bikes. And uh, our awesome carbon technology tire warmers using a made in the USA thermostat, uh, which heat hotter and faster um, and have an awesome warranty. That's awesome. So I guess, um, how did you make the decision instead of going after products that are already large in the US to go after products that are lesser known, but still great and try to put, bring them into a new market? Yeah, so it, you know, it's, a, it, it, it's, it's a big world out there, right? And so we said to ourselves, you know, if we just uh, create a website or a store and you know, we kind of do the same thing as everybody else, what is our value? You know, not really too much. And uh, then we'll compete with some of the bigger giants out there, not to name them, uh, that spend you know, tons and tons of money on Google and, and then it's really hard to kind of get you know, known for anything. Being an actual rider, being a track rider, being a race rider, you know, I've got racecraft, if you will. So, you know, I can go further down um, and get deeper into some of the specialty components. And uh, so it's a unique offering that we have. You don't find the things that we distribute, you know, mass marketed and, and, and all over the place. They're special, they're unique, right. they're high end. Um, they're real trick stuff. And, uh, and that's, uh, that's really what we're offering. And we're offering that stuff at, you know, uh, with the tech support to back it up. Um, it's in stock here, so we ship fast to our dealers. Um, and again, it's just, it's another level. It's something, uh, a, a higher experience, you know? Yeah, and I've seen you even branch out and do your own uh, personal branding on your products, like the tire warmers, and you had a little bolts and nuts and things before packages of uh, the spring clips or selling. Yeah, our Moto D line is well known for our carbon technology tire warmers, our stands that are amazing, and uh, we're looking forward to making some big announcements on those again shortly, and our super cool, literally our super cool undersuits. Yeah, and the sport bike transport stands. Yep. Trailer yep. stands. That's a, another great product. I mean, who wants to use a strap? Yeah. tie down or chalk or worry about it as you're you know driving down the road i mean you know in all the trips i go to them i'm driving like this <laughs> we're in the back oh no we gotta pull over that stinks i hate that you know yeah. so that strapless transport stand it is it's a godsend the bike's 100 percent secure and i can just focus you know on, on getting to uh to the destination you know yeah, it takes a lot of headache out and worry and anxiety. Like, oh, is the bike going to fall over my trailer? And actually, uh, in the trip, I didn't tie it down, but some other bikes fell over in a trailer. We had like 19 or 20 bikes go down to the deals gap one year, and I think two bikes fell over on, on each other. It was there barely any damage, but uh, it happens. It, it happens, and it happens to everybody in the beginning. I mean, I know it happened to me in the beginning, literally the three-hour trip. I'm two minutes from the racetrack, and that's when it decided to fall over. <laughs> Yeah. Or fell into the trailer. It was an open trailer and fell yeah. in versus it fell off onto the road. But still, you know, it was a nerve wracking thing and there was some, some minor damage and, um, and then, you know, hoisting it back up. But uh, I, I swore after that, there, there, we got to secure it properly. You know, you put too much money, you put too much effort, you put too much care and love into your bike. I mean, you know, other than my wife, it's the only other, you know, woman in my life, right? So, yeah, yeah. no, I don't, I don't want her to fall down. Uh, but, you know, I know a guy, uh, Mark Miracle, he's the chaplain at a lot of the races. He does a lot, comes a lot of track days. You probably know him. He's very popular in the sport bike area, sport bike scene. But he was, uh, somehow his bike fell off a trailer. I don't know if it was tie-down related, but it was on the highway. And, it, and maybe the trailer broke or something, but it fell in and smashed at 70 miles an hour while he wasn't on it, you know, thankfully. Um, but we all pitched together and uh, helped him by fix up his bike, I think. So uh, nice. 
I, I really like the community when, when we do positive things. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, you know, the social media today is such a powerful force. And yeah. uh, it's amazing how it can bring out the best in us and it can also bring out sometimes the worst in us. Sure. And, you know, we're already, as a sport bikers, we're already kind of the outcasts. You know, when uh, uh, people view us as, oh, you know, they're, they're, they're crazies. But really, we're... we're we're all working people, we all are family, you know, and we're really the nicest people in the world, you know. Where else can you go and go up to a complete stranger and say, hey, you know, that $200 tool in your trailer, I don't know you, you don't know me, can I, can I borrow it? Yeah, sure, buddy, just, just bring it back. I mean, anywhere else you get punched in the face if you tried something like that. So I love when the community comes together, does positive things like that, really builds us up. And uh, it's one of the reasons why, you know, I did, dedicated my entire life, you know, uh, got out of banking and dedicated my life and, you know, and everything that I do to, to stay in it, you know? Yeah. So uh, for you getting into the business side of it, was it so you could just do track days and racing more? Yeah. I mean, I didn't want to get a real job anymore. I mean, I worked too hard in the bank. So, I mean, this is, this is a lot less work. Let me tell you, I ride around all day long. Yeah. It's like playtime, right? One of the biggest misconceptions, you know, we about it you know that uh, it's 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 easy you ride around all day and it's 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 going to be completely further from the truth you know but uh but it's again very rewarding oh yeah um, and you know it's a passion um it's a passion um and i just love sharing my passion i like bringing new people into it um i mean when you find a street rider and you can bring them to a racetrack and you can help them get on the track and really improve the way that they ride in a safer way. I mean, you know, how great is that? Someone did that for me, as I'm sure someone did that for you, right? You know, actually, nobody really helped me get on the track. I knew nobody in my circle at all. And I was just the kid who I got arrested <laughs> when I was uh, very young and just got a 600. My first year on a 600 sport bike, I had a 250 years or three or four years before that. So I wasn't a brand new rider, but I was just being a hot shot on the freeway. Um, yep. And uh, that didn't work out. So I, I took it to the track after that because I, I was like, I'm not going to sell my bike. I love riding, but I can't do that again because right. I'm going to do it. So you realized. And very quickly, I was passing racers in in advance in a couple, in a couple of days. Uh, I yep. accelerated to advance. And then the, the following season, I won three championships. So I was like, wow, I'm pretty good at this. Let me keep going with it. I dropped out of college, got my pro license, and then I ran out of money. Um, I did expert for many years. It's just, it's, it was so expensive. Uh, now I'm trying to build my business to mm -hmm. help fund it so I can go back and do that at a professional level. Because I know that I can, it's just, I ran out of money. Sure. <laughs> and That's what my wife said to me. Yeah. You know, back in the early days, she said, you know, you're, you're at the track every weekend and every weekend or every day I see another box showing up, you know, with a shiny part in it. She said, you're spending all this money, you know, tick, 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 you know, where's, where's my ring? Where's, what's going on here? This, this is when we were dating, of course. So I said, oh, you know, I've got a great idea. And so that's, you know, how, you know, that's one of the reasons why MotoD started was to, you know, subsidize, you know, you know my, uh, my addiction. <laughs> Yeah. You know, if I did heroin, it'd probably be cheaper. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, it's so much fun. And, you know, it's a positive, like, growth environment. Like you said, it's so friendly with all the people around. I played soccer and hockey and, you know, flag football and baseball and all the sports there, there are, tennis and whatever, swimming. Yep. And there's there's no other camaraderie like the the sport bike and uh, maybe that's just where I fit in better. I don't know, yeah. but I just that's where I seem to, to to gravitate towards. Sure, you know, in our daily you know daily lives, you know, we all kind of live in our little circles, right? So, you know, when we're at the track or you know we're at a race, you know, here I am, and I've got a doctor over here, I've got a plumber over here, I've you know I've got a, a nurse over here, and I've got a teacher over there, and you know, wonderful, you know, we all come together, we do different things, but we all have this common love. And, uh, you know, we, we're all just great friends as a result, you know, and all the, the, the daily nonsense that's out there in the world, that doesn't really matter, you know? It's, yeah, it's great. You can just get, get, uh, 
get away from that for a little while and escape. Yeah. And listen, is, and isn't that what bikes are all about? It's really an Freedom. escape. You know, I mean, when you put your helmet on, you know, you're in your, in your world for a second. And, you know, I don't think about the, my daily stress. You know, I think about riding. I think about what's in front of me. And it's a great way to relax, you know. Um, and you have to have that in life, I think. You know, uh, you, need that, you need that mental, you know, release or relaxation, if you will. So for me, that's how I get it. Um, and uh, yeah, just, I couldn't think of doing anything more. I certainly, you will certainly never find me on the golf course. <laughs> that's just, not your thing? That, that's not happening. You know? <laughs> you know, I don't have a sport bike anymore or a street bike. Um, I've gravitated towards the mountain bikes for the money thing right now to save money. But uh, I used to all the time just go out for a ride to nowhere. I'm like, hey, I'm going out. I don't know where I'm going, but I'll be back in two hours, you know, and just go cruise and uh, try not to speed too much, right? It's all, that's always my problem is I'm always speeding a little too much, you know. So the bikes I, are so capable. I mean, you know, they, they don't want to go slow, you know. It's so hard. But, so you know, hard. That's why I love, you know, this whole 300, you know, 400 class, you know, I think it's incredible what that's done for, you know, for the industry, for the sport, because, I mean, they're affordable, you can get into it, and then you can, it's actually safer, you can learn how to ride. Um, you know, it's frustrating when I see a rider show up on a big leader bike, you know, yeah. on track, speed, and, you know, we, and in three seconds, you see, you know, they're all crossed up and stuff, and, uh, you know, yeah, the bike is amazing. You've got every piece of technology on there. And here I come in, you know, some clopped out 2004 CBR and yeah, right around you. You know, and sometimes we say, you know, I know that's a beautiful bike, but you might have been better off on something less expensive, easier to ride. You know, I know it doesn't look as cool, but you'll actually have a better time. So I love the, R the, Nin the Yamaha R3, the Ninja 300s and 400s, the RC 390s is I think it's just been great what it's done for the sport to get new people in. It's more affordable, accessible. And I mean, I don't have to tell you, you know, you could probably pick up a, a Ninja 300 track bike for only a couple of bucks. You can get rid of that mountain bike finally, you know? <laughs> yeah, it'd be a couple of grand. You know, my mountain bike's worth as much as a uh, Ninja 300, really. I, probably. <laughs> I've actually been doing the, I switched over to the mountain bike championship stuff. And uh, man, those guys are super competitive. Um, I need a better engine on my mountain bike. It's that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you have a was it like a carbon frame or something? No, I just got one step down from carbon. Um, carbon starts at like thirty six hundred dollars, so I didn't want to spend more than I had to. But uh, it's it's a great bike now that I have. You know, I started on a on a two fifty, and it was so great. Um, I wish that I had rode a two fifty on the racetrack. Uh, I I had already moved up to a six hundred. Uh, but now I'm thinking it would be nice to get a smaller bike because you go through tires, you know, a couple of tires every few months instead of uh, three tires a weekend. It's way different in your budget. Uh, I do tremendously enjoy the fact that, you know, my small bike, the tires will last quite some time. And there's nothing better than passing a Panigale V4 on my R3. <laughs> That's awesome. the guy says how did you do that you know i go you know dude i don't know what you're doing out there get off the bike and let's focus on the real technique and don't rely so much on the motor you know especially when it turns you know one of my first track days i thought i was a i was some sort of god because i passed the guy at a hayabusa <laughs> <laughs> and hayabusa on the track right he said yeah, on the track for real and uh uh, I had never seen one ever again, but that was the only one, only Hayabusa I've ever seen on a track day. Yeah, I get a kick when I see a boost on the track or an H2 on the track or, you know, some of the Harleys on the track. You know, I know it's not the typical track bike, but it doesn't matter. It's a rider out there. And a lot of times those uh, riders will then come back in another weekend with that CBR, that Gixxer, yeah. and, and come hang out with us. They just got that little taste. Sure. And as you know, and I know, once you get that taste, it's it's kind of hard not to come back, you know. I think they should allow all the bikes out, not maybe in all the you know groups, but have their own groups. But like, yeah, have scooters and and mopeds and the pit bikes, the O Valleys, the one. There's a bunch of organizations that actually do that, um, like Tony's Track Days. They have a non-sport bike, you know, day. And, yeah. Uh, that's Baggers. Thing I think they do. 
yeah, I know that's a growing thing to baggers and stuff, you know, it's a little weird for me to see that, but, uh, you know, listen, two wheels, let's get out there and have fun. Doesn't matter. You know, it's not about the lap time. It's just about being out there and staying on the racetrack and learning. Yeah. Yeah. Well said doing it in a safe environment and a fun environment, avoiding the cops, you know, the potholes and stuff like that. Listen, even the baggers today, all, every bike, the technology is pretty incredible on them, right? And the cars yeah. are pretty incredible, right? So, I mean, look, you know, Valentino Rossi could pass me in a pair of Shinkos. You know what I mean? He's just that incredible of a rider. So if you're really a good rider, it doesn't matter what bike you're on. You've got the ability, you've got the skill. So, you know, bring it out there. Let's go, you know? And so what's, what's in your garage? What are you riding these days? Uh, we've got our Yamaha R3, which we love. We have a Ducati Street Fighter 848, which I also enjoy. Don't get to ride it as much as I'd like. It does kind of sit in the garage. And we have a Daytona uh, 675R. Okay, yeah, the Triumph. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've had the Triumph before. Um, it's got a lot of power in the low end. You got to definitely short shift that. Uh, we can't rev it up like the, uh, the inline fours as much. Yes, I like the fact that it's narrow. Um, it, it, it's very nimble. Um, it's light. I love the sound of the triple on it. Um, and again, in the right hands, it, it can move just as fast as, uh, just about any other, you know, 600 out there, you know? Oh, for sure. And so how, how long have you been doing track days now? 10, 20 years? Uh, I mean, how old do I look here? I mean, come on. <laughs> you look about 32. <laughs> there you go. I like that actually. Uh, I've been doing track days since uh, 2008, okay. and it was a buddy of mine that, you know, I rode on the street for, for a couple of years, you know, total squid action, you know, I've got the pictures to prove it, um, although I won't share them, <laughs> and, uh, you know, buddy came along and said, oh my God, I went to a team promotion track day out in Pocono, and uh, you've got to come check this out, and, uh, you know, the rest is history. Uh, shout out to uh, Glenn Goldman, and Bill Sink, uh, team promotion guys, you know, they kind of you know, brought me in and uh, we've just had a wonderful time ever since, you know, it was every weekend after that, you know. And so how many different tracks or configurations do you think you have ridden so far, like 30 or 40? I am blessed to have ridden at about uh, 15 or 16 tracks. Well, I mean, they have, sometimes they have like um, a north course or a south course or they combine them. Yep. Yeah. Jennings, you can go clockwise. Jennings, you yeah. can go counterclockwise. Both are fun. Yeah. You know, Jersey's got two tracks, Lightning yeah. and Thunderbolt. Shout out to all my friends at the Riders Club. Uh, New York Safety Track, my home base. You know, love uh, the NYST Loyal Crew. I had a wonderful time riding out in Buttonwillow. Um, that was an awesome track. Uh, shortly after they repaved it a couple of years ago. Uh, I've been fortunate to uh, ride out at uh, Chuckwalla uh, with the CBMA uh, Grana crowd. Awesome time. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, they're all fun. I mean, it's like, it's like pizza, you know, even cold pizza. <laughs> Good. You know, I, I'm not a track snob. Um, there are certainly some tracks I like more than others. Um, but listen, I'm just always happy to be there. You know, it's a, it's a wonderful thing, you know. Um, and a cold beer after a track day, life is good. Hell yeah. And so you've been even supporting other, other racers now um, in the Moto America paddock and probably elsewhere. I, I'm pretty sure the Altus Motorsport team. Yes. Uh, and maybe others. Yeah, this year, I mean, we're, we're going to continue our relationship with Altus Motorsports. Uh, George Nassani, the team owner, is a wonderful guy. And, his son is an excellent rider, Jarrett, who's been uh, progressing, and uh, they've got uh, some other riders uh, that are really great, like Kevin Olmedo. And uh, last year, I mean, they did well. They've been progressing, and I'm excited again for this year to work with them. Um, also, BarkCon Racing uh, with Dominic Doyle. Um, and, you know, we, we just like to be a part and contribute, you know. Um, so, to me, you don't need to have this impressive resume, you know, it's more of just, are, how do you carry yourself? Are you looking to be positive and promote and help? You know, unfortunately, like in anything, there are some people that have, uh, you know, some type of look on their face. They're never happy. They don't want to share. Yeah. 
and to each their own, you know, but for me, that's definitely not who we are. We're more the merrier. Come right. into our paddock, come hang out, grab some food, come ride with us. You know, we all do this for fun, right? And if you're not having fun and you're not smiling, then I don't, I always, I, I get upset about that. So I always try to help people. So in the Motor America paddock, you know, for us, it's, it's, we always look to just join with good people um, to help them achieve the best that they can do and, uh, and just be part of their success. And for some people that's being on the podium all the time. And for others, it's, Hey, I just completed my first race and I did well. I mean, incredible. Awesome. They're both victories in, in my book. Um, and we're just, again, you know, just fortunate and thankful that we can be a part of it. I think uh, Melissa Paris is a part of that team. <laughs> Mel is cool. Yeah, she's a cool girl. Absolutely. An incredible, talented racer. Um, obviously, everyone knows who she's married to. So, I mean, that's a power couple there in the race community. Um, but, yeah. So, uh, I know she's doing some pretty cool things. And we, all, we also chat regularly with her. Um, and, uh, yeah, so be on the lookout from her. I'll let her make her own announcements. But, uh, yeah, awesome. Yeah, I've, I've heard she's uh, alluded to maybe riding somewhere, so I, I don't know any details. Yeah, I'm sure she's, you know, again, uh, you know, with the talent that she possesses, uh, I mean, she's always in demand, of course, naturally, you know. I would like to see, you know, some more outside sponsorship, you know, going in our sport, you know. We would really benefit because there's a lot of talent out there. Oh, yeah. That unfortunately, you know, is on the sidelines. I mean, we could between us both, I'm sure we could rattle off 20, 30 names. Yeah, myself. Um, and that's here. Yeah. Well, I, I should be out there right now. I just hey, can't Yeah, run. absolutely. Yeah. And I, you know, and so I would love, you know, I don't know how to do it. I don't know who can do it, but it would be great to see, you know, the Xeroxes and the Tides and the IBMs come oh, in and, and help sponsor like they have in the NBA and like they have in NASCAR and stuff like that. Because, you know, I think what we do I mean, it's extremely exciting. I mean, we, we put it all out there, you know, three inches from the ground at 150 miles an hour. So, I mean, I know it's exciting. You know, I love it. Um, but I just, I uh, would love to see, you know, I, I look forward to the day when, you know, that outside, you know, interest comes in, you know, and, uh, and really so, helps you propel to the next level. So the question is, becomes then, what needs to change for that to happen? What, what needs to, what are the building blocks or the dominoes that need to fall for that to happen? I think we need a full Moto D, you know, Moto America team. I think that's the first thing we need to make that happen. Yeah. And uh, we're something that we're working on as well as, you know, as we continue to grow. But, you know, uh, I, you know, I think the industry leaders, you know, that are really involved in the race scene, you know, need to, I'd like to see them work with the, uh, you know, the big, you know, news uh, and media corporations, whether it be Fox and, you know, uh, and, uh, and really get better coverage, better online coverage as well. You know, I, uh, I often wish that I could watch the old, you know, Moto America races, um, not just on YouTube, but the ones from, you know, back in the day when you had Miguel, you know, Duhamel racing and, and, uh, and sealed all those archives and stuff like that. And, uh, and just be more, you know, opportunistic, you know, and, uh, not not focus so much on the short term, you know, and uh, you know the, the little things like that. You know, really realize that there's such history there, and people appreciate that, and people love to see that. So let's right. let's put that out there, and again, just you know, bring in more coverage. You know, we need to get up, you know, into the New York Times with, you know, the race results, and and just have you know better coverage. You know. Yeah, you know, it's it's tough. You know, my generation, myself included, I don't really watch TV anymore. I don't have I don't have a cable box, you know, I don't turn on the news ever. I Not watched, the cord. Yeah, a long time ago, you know, after I moved out of my parents' house, I think I had it in my dorm for a year or two, and that was it. So it's been a decade, and uh, I don't really miss it. So if it's on TV, I don't watch it there anyway. I'm just paying for it on the video pass. But how do most people watch it this generation? They're on YouTube or they're, on, they're streaming on Netflix or all these different apps. It's like you got to capture their attention maybe through online ads or something Correct. like that, how you're going to capture that market, you know? Yeah. No, I definitely think that's, that's the, the way to go. I think that they need to lower the cost to get into the races. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I go to the race. I mean, I go in by myself. It's, 
you know, a lot of money. Um, the average person's not going to pay that to get in and the stands are empty. Yeah. You know, who's, who's ever watches this, please take this idea and, and run with it and the credit's all yours, but let us in for five bucks. We will spend more money on hot dogs and beer and t-shirts. You'll get back way more money. Just let us in for the five bucks. You know, just, uh, it's like, uh, with a printer today, you go into Staples, you buy your printer, the printers are a hundred bucks and they sell you an expensive cartridge a couple of weeks later that pays for the printer. Just let us in and that will create a buzz and that will get people excited. And then that naturally get people to want to try to emulate that as well. They'll take their bikes or they'll buy a sport bike and then they'll go to the track themselves. So it's a, you know, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy in that regard, you know, but just let us in. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so, uh, are they going to allow fans this year at the races, you think? I think they will. I mean, obviously you saw that they did that a little bit last year. And hopefully now that we've kind of rounded the corner with the vaccine, um, I believe that they will. You know, I, I wish, I hope everyone is staying safe, wearing their masks, being kind and courteous. And, you know, uh, we'll get through it, of course, for sure. And thankfully, you know, I put my helmet on and my motorcycle and I'm kind of, you know, quarantined and away from everybody. But uh, yeah. yeah, I think they'll let us in and... Uh, you know, I look forward to seeing everybody. That's for sure. You know. Yeah, it's. Ex I can't wait to get back to normal, whenever that is. <laughs> yeah. Few more months. Few more months. You know. Yeah. Happy. I know down where you are, you're in Michigan, right? So it's quite cold there, I imagine, right? Yeah, it's snowing. They said we might get a bunch of snow on Sunday night, so we'll see. Gotcha. Gotcha. Don't send any our way. <laughs> Motor D, we're based in uh, Danbury, Connecticut. We just moved. Uh, we were located in Mayo Pack, New York. About 15 minutes away, we moved into our new uh, you know, distribution warehouse. But uh, the, overall, the winter's been kind of mild. I actually almost thought about taking my bike out today. But uh, Street Fighter doesn't have a windscreen. And, uh, oof, you know, the fingers would get a little too close. You got to wear um, rubber gloves underneath your regular gloves. Yes, yes. You know, I, listen, when I ride, you know, I, I like to feel the bike. And so uh, even when you have too many layers on, I can't feel the controls. Yeah. And so, uh, it, you know, and I don't ride, obviously, slowly. You know, you, yeah, I'm sure, like, when you're in your car driving, you know, like I'm driving, I'm getting off the exit, I'm looking to the apex as I'm going <laughs> to the exit, you know, in my car. Yeah. You know, you, you can't stop yourself. So, I mean, that's kind of how I ride as well, even on the street. I try to be very safe, of course, when I do ride, but uh, yeah, a few more weeks of this, the, the weather will warm up and we'll, we'll certainly make the most out of it. Yeah, uh, you know, happy two weeks to uh, slow the curve. It's, you know, a 10 month anniversary. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good way to look at it, you know. Listen, every day that we continue to move on, we breathe, we move forward, it's, it's a good thing. Um, you know, for those up in the, the Northeast area or where it's cold, you know, stay inside, stay with your loved ones. You know, I'm, I'm certainly spending a lot of time with my wife and my kids, um, getting in all my store credit because, you know, come, uh, come, come summer, I disappear. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah. But I'm fortunate though that, uh, you know, uh, my kids are a little older now. They, they do come to the racetrack. And so I get to share that with them and, uh, I hope they, uh, they want to ride with, uh, with their old man because um, they do know how to ride right now, which is pretty cool. Uh, my daughter this year was on uh, the straightaway at uh, the New York Safety Track after hours, and she did a little pop-a-wheelie. She didn't mean to, but I was oh, yeah? her, like, you got to shift, you got to shift, because we were riding two little pit bikes together. She did a pop-a-wheelie, and I mean, the look on her face and the look <laughs> on my face, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, what's my wife going to do? Yeah. You know, and then she came down, it was perfect, and she just, she was so happy, and so it was great. We did a lap together on the track, and and that was a, that's an amazing thing. And again, to pass that along uh, to your kids. Oh yeah, uh, that's a very cool thing, you know. You know, and uh, I never had that growing up. So now I'm trying to get it all in now. Your parents rode, didn't ride, or my no. dad rode as a kid and and hurt himself, and then said no motorcycles. Um, so I, he had a scooter though, and that's, and I rode his scooter. It was a Kimco People 250, 2008. So it was a big scooter. He went like 87 miles an hour, I found out. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it shook you a lot. found out. <laughs> it was really yeah. unstable. You know, it was just the geometry was terrible. Um, but I had a, a seat on the back and I'd ride all the girls around as much as I could. 
uh, when I was in high school, you know, and, and I started riding probably when I was maybe 13, 14, before I even had my license. He let me ride around the neighborhoods and stuff, not on the major roads. And then, um, you know, I got my permit at 14 and nine months as soon as I possibly could. And I was just riding all the time, more than I was driving. And mm -hmm. I didn't, I was able to, I was very fortunate that my brother had a car and I just used his car because he was gone a lot of the time and traveling and different things. So I could use his car and I was able to just buy a motorcycle for my first car, um, which was awesome. I bought the, my first bike before I bought a car, which I'm proud of. <laughs> sure, sure. So, Growing up as a kid, I lived on a bicycle. Yeah. You know, when, I, when, I was, um, ooh, when I was about seven years old, I wanted this bicycle. We saw it in the store. It was this blue you know, mountain bike, uh, you know, a dirt bike thing with these blue wheels on it. It looked like a mongoose, I think it was. You know, and, and my dad said to me, if you, if you want that, that, that bike, I'll take you and buy that bike. But first you have to learn how to jump into the pool. So I was like, oh my God, I'm never going to get this bike. So, you know, I went to the pool, I'm looking at the pool. I'm scared. I'm seven. Uh, Talking like a high dive? Just like a big pool with like, you know, a little, a little, you know, a little, little, little diving board. Nothing crazy. But as a seven-year-old, you're like, oh my God. It's so big, yeah. And so like one week went by, two weeks went by, three weeks went by. All my friends are in the cul-de-sac with the bicycles, riding around, you know, this is the, the Motley crew playing all the games. And, and I didn't have the bike. Fourth week went by, fifth week went by. Now it's like, it's kind of summer. It's getting nice out. And one day I just, I got, I was sitting there and I said, like, you know what? And I ran, jumped into the pool, Kaya, Kaya, let's go. And it was amazing. And then we went right to the bicycle store. And so, you know, I, I earned the bike as a result. You know, I had to overcome something, that fear, you know, the, the jump into the pool, something I'd never done before. And so that bike meant everything to me. And uh, I lived on that bike. I mean, I, I pretty much slept with it. It came into my room, you know, you see the, people on Facebook with the motorcycle in their bed. I and mean, that's yeah. pretty much me with my mongoose, you know, blue uh, dirt bike. But uh, yeah, we took that thing everywhere into the swamp in the back. I mean, by the school, I mean, I just, I loved it, you know, and uh, you know, I never would have ever thought that I would have been a motorcycle rider, you know, from, from, from riding a bicycle, but uh, it totally makes sense for me, you know, um, today, you know, every time I'm on it, it's, you know, it's just basically a big, a big, you know, a big bicycle, you know, for, for a big kid. Yeah, it really does transfer. And it's, you know, two wheels. It's got a lot of the same uh, push feel when you're sliding in the trails and all that. So I think of it when I'm mountain biking, um, I'd rather be on a dirt bike because then you have the throttle control. But even with a mountain bike, you can still push the front and the rear and slide in the corners and stay on. And <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, it's nerve wracking. It's, it's, it makes you better. Gets the heart rate going. Yeah, absolutely. You need that a little bit, right? Yeah, for sure. If you're not, yeah. uh, if everything's... For me, it's the freedom. It's the independence. You know, it's just, yeah. uh, you know, you're moving, you know, you're doing something. And, you know, I just, I love that, that sensation, you know. If everything feels in control, you're not going fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> well said, well said, right. You need a little organized chaos in your life. Yeah, yeah. It just uh, makes you focus on one sole thing, you know, when you're, when you're pushing that hard. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that, you know, uh, motorcycle riders are usually pretty good at, you know, and uh, we're, we're used to sometimes high pressure situations. You know, I don't get rattled so easily, you know, yeah. because, you know, you come hot into a turn, you miss a shift or something, you got to figure that out, right? Yeah, you know, easy, you know, you got it under control. And usually when you have that composure, yeah, you know, usually you, you do come through that corner, no problem, you know, and, uh, so in, in life and in business, you know, uh, you know, I'm usually a pretty cool and, and calm, you know, character. And, um, you know, I attribute that to, you know, to motorcycle riding, to bicycle riding, you know, because it does push you, it does challenge you. It does, you know, my heart rate can, it gets up like I'm sure yours does, but to the average, you know, golfer, if you will, you know, uh, you know. It's uh, a few beats for them is a big deal, but for us, a few beats for us, that's, that's just living, bro. It's normal, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, you just have to live with that. There's, there's a fine line between you can mentally like 
um, process something, but then not react with your body, right? So when there's a when there's a situation, you can you can say, oh, that was scary, but your body didn't like uh, cl clench up and grab a whole handful of brakes or get off the throttle. And if there's somebody right crashing right in front of you, most of the time it doesn't really matter to your line, so you don't have to do anything different, you know. And a lot of people, oh, they stand up or they, they target fixate, and you just have to be so calm under pressure, like you said. And actually, for a job that I have, um, they said, are you calm under pressure? And I said, well, yes, you know, I race motorcycles uh, at a high level, expert and pro level. And, uh, you know, if you screw up, lives are at risk. So yes, I'm good under pressure because you have to be, you have to be able to trust these people. You have to be able to race and ride close, um, but also safely. So it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's good to be calm in good situations and in tough situations. Like I like to meditate. Not, I don't do it as much as I used to, but I like to just sit, just shut your eyes and breathe for a second. I mean, it doesn't have to be anything elaborate. Just like, that's all it is. It's just focusing on your breath. That's, that's all meditation is for me. Sometimes there's a guy talking to you and he guides you through some different things, but um, you don't have to even have that. Just need sometimes a second to reset and focus and, 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 and really see what's going on. I agree. Yeah, just calm your mind. Yeah. Being courteous of others on the racetrack is really an important thing. You know, because as you said, you know, uh, someone could get hurt and it's not just you. You know, and uh, you never want to hurt anybody else. I mean, you don't personally want to get hurt either. But uh, the last thing that I would ever want to do is be responsible, you know, or, or cause an issue for somebody else. So, you know, again, I, I always try to treat the racetrack or, you know, the street, you know, when you go out with friends, you know, uh, you know in, in a kind and courteous way, um, because I, you know, I love my friends. I love the people that I ride with. And so, you know, I'm, I'm riding in a responsible way, you know, for them too. Um, you know, get me out into a, a bar in the East Village in New York City when this COVID thing's over. You'll see a different side of me, of course, but yeah. on the racetrack, uh, no, for sure. You know, uh, want to be able to have a good time. And I want everyone to be able to come back. Um, I want everyone to compete and do their best. Um, and again, just you know, be mindful of others, you know. And um, I would about say the rider, you know, uh, don't worry about the rider behind you. Worry about the rider in front of you. Um, because you know, uh, you, have, you are responsible, and uh, again, when we all are responsible, we can all have a tremendous amount of fun. And I would say, as far as being kind and courteous, I think that most of the people who are you would say discourteous are maybe less experienced and don't know the right thing, and they aren't trying to do it on purpose, they just don't know, right? Most yeah. of the time, yeah, for sure. Yeah, listen, that's why we always encourage people to come and you know work with a coach, work with an instructor and, and, and learn. Don't, don't come to the track or approach anything in life like you know everything. Sometimes it's better off to be a little quieter and listen to what other people have to say and take what works from them and apply it you know, to, to what you do and, and be a better person as a result. And it was so beneficial. I asked so many questions and I was like, I didn't know anything. So I, I was just an open book. I didn't have any ego behind it because I didn't know shit. So like when I first went to the track, I think I had wood, I had wood screws holding my body work together. And someone was like, looking at this, like, what the hell is this? It's like, I, I fixed, I put it together. What do you want from me? I don't know how to do this. You know, wood and, screws. I have not seen wood <laughs> screws. Really? That's what I, that's what I fixed my body work with. And uh, I got lost at that. So uh, I learned that you don't do that because it's easy to drop them and puncture tires and all that kind of thing. Um, sure. But it does work if you're in a pinch and you don't know what you're doing. Sure. Listen, it's not a proper track bike. If it doesn't have a couple zip ties on, a little duct tape, <laughs> no doubt about it. You know? For sure, man. I didn't even paint my bike at first because I kept crashing it. Nah, painting's a waste of, waste of money. No question about it, you know? Take the body work, give it a good scratch right here, yeah. and then you're, you're good to go. All right. I'm a huge advocate spending your money on uh, track time, coaching, like uh, pro schools, and three things, suspension, tires, and brakes. That's it. And a back protector. 
Well, yeah, you got to have your suit, your gloves, back protector. I use a chest. I see a lot of people at the at the racetrack, and it, it upsets me. You know, and they don't wear back protectors. You know, and the organizations need to do a better job with the, making sure that people wear back protectors. I mean, I see it all over. Um, oh no, no, you know, it's it's the one that's in the suit. No, that's just a piece of foam. Well, I got to do research on the back protector. Oh, you know, I don't have any money. I go, this is one time where you should be, you know, a, a proper American and whip out that credit card and <laughs> buy a back protector because, you know, the back protector, it's what, the best one in the world, force field, right? They're 200 bucks. Can you buy a new back for 200 bucks? I don't think so. So I am always encouraging people to be smart. You know, as you said, you know, uh, spend your money on, on good instruction, spend your money on quality tires, uh, spend your money on the proper gear. Um, you know, don't, don't take any shortcuts with that stuff. You know, it's just not worth it. And I would say I always wore a, a back protector, chest protector, and hip protection with Cossacks every time. Those, those three under, under garments, under your suit. Um, because, you know, I, when I was in the hospital one time for a bunch of bro broken bones because I hit a wall, there was also a, a guy in the hospital from the same, from the same race event uh, who shattered his pelvis um, because he wasn't wearing shorts, I think it was, it didn't help because he wasn't wearing shorts. You know, he wasn't wearing the shorts protection underneath. It was just a suit. And I think if he would have had that on, it would have been a lot better. Um, maybe he wouldn't have broke anything. Mm -hmm. And, That's you know, proper gear, is like proper tires, it's all cheap forms of insurance. You know, you oh, yeah. hope you never use it. You hope you never need it. You know, in the instance where you do need it, you really are thankful that uh, you have it, you know? So, uh, you know, if you've got a dodgy old helmet, uh, okay, maybe they check, maybe they don't check. It doesn't matter on the street, but like it doesn't fit you right, you know? And if you ever needed that helmet and it doesn't fit you and it moves, I mean, again, it just doesn't make sense. So, you know, uh, there are a lot of ways that uh, you can protect yourself without spending a lot of money. Um, and of course, if you know, if you're, if you're, if you have the means to do so and you want the carbon fiber thing, great. Awesome. You know, you could, you could do that too, but you know, I, I definitely, you know, want people to know out there that, you know, wearing the right gear is, is smart. You don't have to spend a lot of money, you know, work with uh, someone who's knowledgeable in the industry. Um, and you know, they'll guide you. Um, don't always listen to what they say on Facebook. <laughs> Maybe you've heard that before, yeah. you know, um, because there's a lot of people out there that, you know, maybe they're motivated in other ways or they're really not that knowledgeable. Um, so, you know, talk to a lot of people, collect a lot of ideas and information and, and then obviously do and you know, what makes uh, the most sense for you and you know, what you can do and do the best like that. I always uh, cringe when I see helmets for sale at the flea market that are already 40 years old. <laughs> Those are good for on July 4th. You take the helmet, you turn it upside down, you put an M80 in it. <laughs> and then you know, that's what the uh, track day shenanigans is uh, for on July 4th weekend. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're nice on the shelf and they have a nice vintage look, but they, for, for race organizations, it's five years. And after six years, they say it's trash. Mm -hmm. So it's very strict for, for race organizations. Track days organizations, some, some check, right? Some don't, maybe. I'm not sure on that. Um, but for the street, nobody checks. I don't think there's any law against old helmets yeah we've had a couple of uh customers uh, walk in and uh they're just looking for novelty helmets you know and uh you know just just don't want to get a ticket and uh you know uh, our warehouse is located in the state of connecticut so uh, there's no helmet law and we just shake our head and you know hey to each their own you know live the way yeah. you want but uh you know small piece of protection you know again think of you know, your family you know uh it's really not that big of a deal to wear it. But yeah. I, no, I, think they're, I think they're cool. I think you should want to wear one. I think it looks cool to have a one. It drives me nuts when I you see I don't want a rock in my eye when I'm going 100 miles an hour. On a, I didn't say that. I, when I'm moving on the highway, you know, yeah. I don't want a rock in my neck, you know, a pebble. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you. You know, they're more comfortable. It drives me nuts seeing the helmet strapped to the back of the bike. Yes, I've seen that. That's great. <laughs> what are you doing? I, I, you know what drives me nuts? When people take uh, a helmet and they just put it on the seat and then they get off the bike and then the wind blows. Oh, yeah. On the ground. 
I've seen that so many times where they'd be underneath the track. And I'm like, no, just just put it on the ground right underneath the wheel. It can't fall. It's it's you know, and you never have to worry. Yeah. Because what a lot of people don't realize, as I'm sure you know, Eric, is that a helmet is a one-time, one-time thing. You know, and then if it's uh, falling off the to the ground one time, there's gonna be some type of imperfection in it. The shell could be compromised, it may look fine on the outside, but the structural integrity is not the same as a brand new perfect helmet. So yeah, it might look okay, but again, now you're at 85%. Again, you know, we seem to have a common theme between us here about safety, you know, safety, doing the right thing. And again, you know, being positive in sports. So protect your head, you know, wear, wear a good quality helmet. Yeah. And so uh, you probably had a few uh, fall overs and tip overs in your uh, track riding and, and, and street riding career. Um, have, do you keep your old crash gear as a memento on the wall? Absolutely. I mean, it's yeah. not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. <laughs> You know, and, uh, you know, if we were more mobile in the Zoom thing here, you know, we'd, we'd go upstairs and I'd show you all my old body work from, from my old bikes. You know, of course, oh, I've yeah. saved them. I've got them hanging up from the rafters and stuff. And, you know, uh, you know so it's, it's a nice uh, tribute that I still have some of those pieces uh, for some of those, some of those bikes. But, yeah, I keep most of the stuff. Uh, every so often you go up to that, 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 that old helmet and you, you grab the helmet. Oh yeah, summer two thousand and eight. That was awesome, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, still got that uh, caked-in smell, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You know, I just tossed out one of my old helmets. I was sick of looking at it. I was like, I just need to buy a new one. I uh, I don't want this memory anymore because it was it was a, a bad crash for me, and uh, I was like, you know what? It's time to go. I got to move on. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, sometimes you got to do it. Yep, so I, I ripped the Band-Aid off, and uh, now I can't wait to get a new one. The new Showy, probably X12 or X14, that's what I got my eye on. Beautiful, beautiful helmets. Yep, for sure. Um, so uh, what's going on in your life? Anything uh, random outside of uh, business or family, politics, what, anything? You know, right now we're just so busy uh, serving our customers and, you know, focusing on our business. You know, uh, I'm just fully dedicated, you know, to it. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, so nothing exciting to report on, you know, that front. Uh, certainly looking forward to, you know, summer riding season um, and, you know, just uh, having more fun out there. But, you know, we've got a lot of uh, interesting things, you know, uh, going on at Moto D, um, you know, with uh, new cool products as we continue to, you know, advance, you know, the fact that we are a one-stop, you, know, uh, you know, race and uh, track toy store, if you will. Um, you know, serving the upper sport bike rider um, and uh, performance, you know, track and street rider. So uh, we're just, you know, busy, busy, busy here. And we're just focused on you, the customer. We're just, we're just really focused on that, you know. So, uh, yeah, for, that, for now, that's, that's, that's enough. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> only so many hours in the day. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's only so many things you can uh, do. How many plates can you have spinning at once, right? Um, you know, for uh, for me, at one point, I thought I wanted to, to try to sell every single product that you would use at the racetrack, from canopies to chairs to trailers to vehicles. Like, why not try to sell, like, electronics, like a humidifier, whatever it is, um, temperature gauges, like anything you can think of that you have in your toolbox, why not try to sell it? Now, then you get into problems like you can't really sell Craftsman or – or Matco tools super easily online. You know, you get problems with distribution and uh, like getting like easy ups uh, drop ship. That's kind of a hard thing to do. I'm not trying to stock a ton of stuff, but you you have a uh, warehouse. There's complexity in you know in everything. And, yeah. You know, and uh, you have to think about the you know you have to think about the complete you know A through Z process. And um, you know and there's again so many hours in the day. And you know for us you know, being knowledgeable in the product, being, you know, specialists, being able to support the product, you know, uh, so while we are growing and while we, we are adding, you know, uh, we can't do everything that we want to do because if we just threw it all in there, we, we wouldn't be able to give the same high level of service and support. Um, and, you know, what we do, um, it's technical, you know, we get constant phone calls. Hey, you know, I have, you know, uh, one of your Star Lane lap timers. They're amazing. I, there's a track that they just built and I want to add the map. How do I do that? So, you know, we love the fact that we know that product. 
and we can easily share that with you. And so it's when you just throw everything in there, you kind of water yourself down and you're just not able to, to give that person the experience. And then you, for us, you won't come back. So we want you to be happy. We want you to come back. We want to see you at the track. We want to grow with you as you grow. And so sometimes you have to just take a step back and say, you know, eh, maybe today that's not for us, but uh, maybe potentially in the future, you know, something that we can do, you know? Yeah. Rome wasn't, built, uh, Rome wasn't built overnight, they say. So, you know? Focus on what's working and it's always slow, steady growth, not just jumping into things. Sure. Yeah, but listen, as a, as a, as a racer, sport bike rider, I do like things fast. Uh, <laughs> our customers like things fast. We take pride um, in shipping same day. It's crazy. Um, you know, the UPS driver, the FedEx driver, I mean, they love us around here. We love them. We really appreciate them. They're, you know, they're part of our team. And, um, you know, we just love when a customer says, oh, my God, I called yesterday at 445. And I got the product the next day. How did you get it in UPS's hands? I mean, because like literally like we held, we held John, our UPS driver, like, you can't leave, pack that box, let's go. And so we've done a variety of things like that, including driving to the, the hub at 10 o'clock at night. You know, I, I've done that multiple times before oh, yeah. Daytona. I usually get phone calls right before Daytona in March. Scott, I need this. And then I, you know, I drive, you know, 9.30 at night and I drop it on the roller. And, uh, and then they get it, you know, down there and that's cool. You know, that's, that's awesome. And I, again, I think that's just something that we do that others just can't do, won't do, don't want to, whatever it is. But, you know, we just, we enjoy going that extra mile for people, you know? It's a, whatever it takes attitude that people, most people are willing to do. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, the, our, our motto is if you don't push, you don't win. And so true. I mean, that's exactly what it is, you know, whatever, whatever we got to do, you know, we'll, we'll do it. You know, we're open-minded. We're not difficult or rigid by any means. You know, we, we're just, we're just looking for smiles, man. Very good. Uh, well, so where can people find you online? You're pretty active on there on MotoDRacing.com, of course. MotoDRacing.com. That's our website. Um, we have a, thankfully we've got a great strong dealer network. So, I mean, you can come to our site, find a dealer in your local area who generally stocks the product. If it's not something uh, that they have, they can get it quickly for you. Uh, also on Instagram slash MotoDRacing, YouTube slash MotoDRacing, and Facebook slash MotoDRacing. So you've been putting uh, a lot of videos out on YouTube lately? Yeah, we're doing some videos. We're not doing TikTok. We're not doing Tinder. Sorry, everybody. You know, no swiping left or right, you know, any of that stuff. But uh, we're strong on Instagram. We love engaging with everybody on Facebook and social media. Um, and, uh, you know, we're doing a lot of videos. The videos are cool, you know. And, uh, you know, um, it's a great way to show products. It's a great way to show, um, you know, installation of things. And it's a great way to share, you know, even just, you know, being at the track or being at an event. It's a great way to share who we are. Um, because ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, we, again, go back to the fact that we're not just a company putting something in a box. You know, we, it's Scott, it's Julian, it's Adam, you know, it's your friends, you know, and uh, they're just hooking you up with something that you need to have more fun. So, um, again, just that personal, you know, connection. We always strive for that with, with everybody. And, you know, one of the things that's really cool, you know, here it's, it's freezing cold, you know, right now. Uh, in, obviously, we're in January and, uh, you know, I'm planning maybe a trip out to the West Coast. And, um, you know, I've, I already know that, you know, I could borrow a buddy's bike, you know, I could stay at my other friend's house and, uh, you know, I could go to the racetrack by myself and I'm pretty positive. I'll bump into multiple people that I know, yeah. you know, doing this. And, uh, I mean, what a hoot that would be, you know, and, uh, to, to see friends out, you know, in California and stuff like that, you know, all the way across the country you know, again, join, you know, by this uh, tool we love. So, uh, you know, I, I always love doing that, you know, wherever I am, you know. Yeah, it's always great. You go to the track and you know, like a bunch of people and you, and nobody planned to be there together. They just happened to be there simultaneously. Yeah. Yeah. My, you know, my, my wife is, you know, always asking me, she's like, you know, do you know anybody there, you know, or anything like that? You know, are you with anybody? I'm like, yeah, I'm with the whole place, you know, so it's a good party, you know. So she's like, okay, I feel better now. 
Oh yeah, for sure. Well, let's wrap this up. We're approaching our one hour mark. So uh, I'm gonna get this edited and processed. It's gonna be a week or two. I think I still have a few to edit and publish uh, in the queue. Um, and then uh, make sure to, to uh, share this and uh, tag anybody we talked about and we can uh, get as many eyeballs on it as possible. Absolutely. Eric, I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank the sport bike and the racetrack community for their support at, from, you know, from, from the bottom of our hearts here, motodracing.com. We really look forward to seeing everybody this summer, no matter where you are, ride safe, take care of yourself and have a good time. All right. Very good. Well, I'll talk to you soon, Scott. Have a great one. See you, Eric. All right. Bye-bye, everybody.